Hello, thanks for joining Your Body Advocate podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Cummings, and today I have a really fun interview with my friend Cindy Childress. She is a ghostwriter and a master at helping people write their books they haven't been able to write by themselves. Today we discuss all things Ghostwriter and her free challenge that she's offering right now that starts on November 7th, so jump in if you can. Please enjoy this interview. Let's take a deep breath to relax. Ready? All right, here we go. You're listening to Your Body Advocate, telling your body's side of the story. The podcast dedicated to supporting and improving your body-mind connection so you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life, dissolving one body tension at a time. Discover the healing properties of your own body language, and together, let's explore ways to support and improve essential self-talk. Now, here's your host, Master of Encouragement and Body-Mind Life Coach, Ruth Cummings. Hello, everybody. How are you? Good morning or good afternoon, depending on when you're listening. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I have my friend, Cindy Childress. She is, let me read her bio so we know who we're talking to. Dr. Cindy, the expert's ghostwriter, helps entrepreneurs write books that make money and make an impact. Her clients achieve bestseller status, give TEDx talks, win book awards, sign book deals, and more. She was awarded a Gold American Business Award for Company of the Year, Media and Entertainment in 2022. In addition to bespoke ghostwriting services, Dr. Cindy leads online writing and editing classes and author mentorship programs. She holds a PhD in English from the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. In her spare time, she also fosters cats and kittens with rescued pets movement in Houston, Texas. Hello and welcome. Cindy, I had a spider on my hand while I was saying that. So I was trying to stay quiet. <laughs> oh, wow. You Well, that's perfect for Halloween. Hey, Ruth. I, truly, I know. Oh, yeah. And happy Halloween. Yay. <laughs> Sorry. So how are you today, Cindy? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm good. Do you give out candy for Halloween? We don't usually have trick-or-treaters, but I do leave my porch light on, which is really just an excuse for me to buy individual Reese's cups, which me and my husband eat. <laughs> How about you? Same. My my neighborhood is very popular. We will have between 150 and 200 kids here tonight. Wow. And so we have uh, um, friends of mine, some of my clients, we sit in the front yard and um, just have a, a grand old time. We'll have green chili chicken uh, stew and Whoa. some apple cider. So quite a tradition and really fun. But um, yeah, thanks for reminding me. We just did, um, I never had done pumpkin carving with the actual carving kit. Oh, those are really cool. Have you ever done that? Yeah. No, I've only done the old fashioned one where um, I used to tell my dad what I wanted on my pumpkin. And then we would like draw it in pencil and agree what it was supposed to be. And then he would use our sharpest knife and cut it out. That's it. <laughs> yep. But when I was in graduate school, we did something much safer because we were drinking. And so no knobs were involved. We used <laughs> paint and we painted our pumpkins. Oh, way and you nicer. And bring your like costume jewelry and kind of make it like a Mr. Potato Head thing. And I would put earrings on mine and everything. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, that's a lot safer. These... I, I'm with you, the sharpest knife 
and you have your hand in a very precarious position mm -hmm. and it, and you and you don't know when the knife is going to go through and yeah it was um always a always a thrilling i guess but not very safe but my mom brought over these carving kits and um we made some amazing uh mm. really cool i should have put them behind me i have one of them over there but, oh wow um anyway try those one day you will really like them so tell me, what what is a ghostwriter? What does that even mean for people who don't know? Yes. So although it's Halloween, there's nothing spooky about ghostwriting. Right. And it's not even about scary stories. Uh, being, being a ghostwriter means that I write the book for the author. So I'm the ghost because I'm not present on the cover. It says by, for instance, Ruth Cummings. And the way that would happen, and the reason I'm 100% completely fine with this arrangement is, it's still all the author's stories and ideas, information, it's their intellectual property, not mine. So I'm just, um, I'm like the vector that takes the recorded interviews, or sometimes I repurpose existing content they already have, and I write it out, organize it, make it flow really beautifully and sound compelling. And then, you know, it's their published book. Wow, that is, that's so great because so many people don't know how to write. And with your PhD in English, I mean, it's just, you know, it's your superpower. That's so, I, I love, uh, I love the term. And also, especially since we're doing this on Halloween. <laughs> So how, you know, so how did you start? How did you get into ghostwriting? What happened or how did you follow that? Or how yeah. did it drop in your lap? Well, I'm so glad you mentioned my PhD. So when I finished my degree in 2008 in Lafayette, Louisiana, I had met a very handsome young engineer who had the opportunity to live and work in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And he invited me to come with, but that would mean, uh, would have to forfeit um, pursuing my academic career, at least right then. And when I agreed to go with him, we also got married. That's my husband, Jack. It'll be 15 <laughs> years in January. And yes. Um, and uh, once I got overseas, though, I had a dependent visa. So we stayed in Malaysia and also Indonesia for a total of seven years during which time I was president of two um, international nonprofits. And when I came back to the States, I was like, who wants to hire me? Everybody, I have the most amazing skill set. Um, but actually, nobody did. I <laughs> couldn't even get an interview as an admin assistant, not even when I took all the education <laughs> off my applications. And um, that seven year work gap was just um, a real bugger. So I. <laughs> a real bugger. It was a real so bugger. Cute. I hung out with a bunch of British people when I lived overseas. <laughs> and I had to completely reinvent myself. Um, so I became a certified personal trainer. I'd also been a marathon runner. So I'm like, I have more things I can do besides write and edit. Um, and but I, the gym that hired me quickly realized they had more than just a great trainer. So um, eventually I did manage that gym. And then I was also built my own um, customer service and communication department in that company and hired and trained an entire staff and, you know, really, you know, amazing things that rebuilt my confidence. And then um, I really 
they really ran out of ways to keep me busy and engaged. <laughs> and I started thinking, I wonder who else would hire me to do some of the things that I've been doing here. So I started Children's Business Communication in 2017. And within a few months, I decided um, it was a bad idea to offer 18 different kinds of writing. And I went all in on books because they are my favorite thing in the world. And I thought, I didn't think I would ever get tired of doing it. And I'm pretty sure that's true now going on six years. Wow. So <laughs> what a story. And seven years in, in, in all this travel, how was that? Was that like, what was your favorite thing that you learned over there? Oh, oh, I know, I but know how to choosing pick one, one favorite. Yeah, that's but hard. but I'll, I'll narrow it down. Um, I think... Um, so I ran the Anchor Watt half marathon three years in a row. <laughs> and <laughs> I have to say, it is the most incredible place. The people there are so kind and friendly and helpful. And the food is good. And it doesn't feel too like built up and touristy and commercial. And you're riding on rickshaws. And um you're out there in the rainforest at these amazing ruins of the temples. My favorite one is Ta Prom, which is, um, it was in uh, the Tomb Raider movies that um, Angelina Jolie did back in the day. And Ta Prom is left in its, mostly its natural state. So the trees have grown up right through the middle of these amazing um, temples. And it's just like nature and this, old structure have kind of come together to create something just absolutely majestic. It's a magical place. Wow. I didn't learn like... anything, did I? I just described <laughs> the experience. <laughs> well, that's just amazing. It is like being in a movie and that's a, uh, were, were there monkeys around when you were there? Did you see? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I've heard um, a lot of stories. <laughs> monkeys in Cambodia, monkeys in Thailand, um, and of course in Malaysia and, oh, in Indonesia, we had a family of monkeys that lived across the road from our house. And so you could go up to um, the second floor balcony outside our bedroom at like 4, 430, and you could just watch the little family. There's like five or six of them, and they'd be like all in the trees. It was so cool. <laughs> I've heard stories about that. That would be fun too. I'm I've always been intrigued by um, monkeys um, in those in the temple ruins that I've you know mm -hmm. seen on on movies and stuff. That's great. Oh yeah, you can feed them at Batu Caves too in Kuala Lumpur, <laughs> right there in the Batu Temple. Are they always nice? No, um, <laughs> <laughs> there was. Uh, I wasn't present for this, but my husband brought our Norwegian friends out to feed the monkeys in UK Heights in kind of a suburb of Kuala Lumpur. And apparently that day um, there was a large male monkey that was <laughs> trying to monopolize the bag of uh, chopped fruit that they brought out there. But, you know, they just abandoned the fruit and got back in the car and came home. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've heard also that they can be really, really mean. Well, you know, so with your book writing, what is your favorite kind of book to write or style? What kind of books do you like the best to write? Well, I believe the best thing you can write in a book will be stories. Now, this doesn't mean in certain kinds of books, you still need information. People still want to learn something, but I'm very fond of a strong narrative. So um, the story-driven self-help book is really 
what I've found to be my sweet spot. Um, if you think about uh, something you've probably read, like Jen Sincero's You Are a Badass, which um love that book. And, you know, the chapters are mostly just her telling her story. Each chapter tells stories on a specific theme. And then at the end, there's like the bullet pointed paragraphs of like, here's the stuff to learn. <laughs> um, and you know, you can you can ignore that or hopefully you won't. Um, and I really I really enjoy that because I think truly to remember information and for information to be actionable, we need to consume it in story form because that way not only do we intellectually get smarter and take away information, but we're also emotionally engaged. And it's that emotional engagement with the information that leads to an actual change, whether it's a change of opinion or um, perspective, or even if it's a change that results in like something that you do an action that you take. Um, I really believe stories the vehicle to get us there. So even if someone's doing a more research based book, I still storyify it as much as possible, because I know that's the way to make the information land. That, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Jen Chinchero's uh, book. I love those stories. I mean, I remember them more than I remember the bullet points, you know, and the, yeah. so I, I, I totally agree. And I love pulling out the gems of people's lives. I mean, so there's so many great gems of all of us that really tell stories or make a point The stories make a point. And, um, that's great. So when someone does that with you, do you, um, are you listening and writing or do you memorize when they're talking to you? How do you, how do you find the gems when they don't even know that they exist sometimes? Yes. Well, I start by asking open-ended questions and I'm always trying to ask those questions to elicit what I think is going to be, you know, really um, the most interesting way to present this information or the most interesting um, aspects of this story to make sure it gets across what the um, author wants it to. Um, and then just those details that readers latch onto, like, you know, do you remember any things from the um, from this story? What's the scene? What's the setting? What dialogue did you hear that we can add in? Um, but I used to do all those recordings with those open-ended questions um, and I would listen the whole time. I wouldn't type or write. I would just listen. I would have the recording and then I would pay Rev to do a transcription. That was a terrible idea. And this is why I'm very against people um, trying to just voice record themselves and get a transcription and think that's going to be a good first draft. It was always a mess. It took me so long to go through it. What I found that worked much better, which is what I do now. Like at first I was afraid if I typed while they talked they would feel offended but actually if i'm typing while they talk they feel like i'm really actively listening almost like a reporter trying to get the story and so i listen for the good stuff and take it down as they are speaking and then i still have the recording and i also put down um i note the time stamps if there's a moment when their creative genius is just going and I know, um, and then I'll just pay for the transcript of like those six minutes or whatever, just to get the part where they said it so well, I just want to capture that. Um, and that is, uh, so I take all those notes and then I um, organize them and put that um, kind of flow wand on so everything goes from one topic to the next in um, a way that's going to make sense for the reader and then that becomes the first draft. 
Wow. That's, I love this because I, I haven't been able to have the discipline to write my own book. And I know a lot of people are like me where we have these great ideas, all of us, you're like, Oh, that'd be a great book. And I can see it happening with you. You know, you are a great listener and I, um, I just, I just can see you being incredible at this. So I wanted to ask you, we had, we had talked about before, um, because my podcast is called, uh, your body advocate, I do advocate for the body. And I, I like, even as I'm talking to you about writing a book, my body feels excited and it feels energized. And I'm wanting to get your opinion about how does book writing or not writing a book, right? Keeping it stuffed. How does that, in your opinion, affect one's body? Yeah, well, the first thing I'll say is um, I'm leading a challenge next week, actually, called uh, Your Best-Selling Book Blueprint, The Three-Day Challenge. And there's a piece of pre-work in there called Envision Your Book. And Envision Your Book, this even, this like takes us back to before we start, when we're deciding which topic or what are, what kind of book we're going to write. Because um, even at that stage, your body is going to tell you what's right and what's not. And so in the brainstorming exercise, I have um, some things that you think about, like, do you already have access to the people who would want to read this book? And would you need more information or, you know, is, are you ready to write this book now? But then the other thing is like, just close your eyes and imagine that you have written this book and for the next two to three years, you are going to promote your heart out for it. How does that feel? That is going to feel expansive and empowering and uplifting and even effortless when that is the one to do. And when it's just what you think you have to do or what you think you're supposed to do or what you think people expect from you, it's going to feel heavy. And I encourage people to pick the one that makes them feel the most light, <laughs> that feels the most expensive, even if it's maybe not the most logical one today at this moment, because that's where your intuition and uh, what I would call your, your creative spirit is kind of, you know, so I, I like to try to find that voice in everybody and then help them learn to listen to it and trust it. The other thing about during the writing process is just like anything that is stagnant energy, um, if you have a message to get out and you're not getting it out, that actually manifests in your body, as I'm sure you talk about more eloquently than I do. But <laughs> when you're when you're when you're not putting out what you are supposed to put out to the world, when you see other people doing it you're going to feel almost convicted, but it's like your soul is convicting you. It's not about them. It's about you can be doing that too. And your heart wants you to. And when you keep feeling those bad feelings, it's gross. And then you just want to quit. You want to like throw your project away. But the other thing you can do is lean into it and say, this is for me. That's why I have all these feelings around it. And I just need to um, find my way through it. And 
It is absolutely um, a, a very possible thing. Um, I have a, a woman in my Crank Out Your Book in Eight Weeks program who's a cranial sacral therapist. And yes, I actually flew to West Virginia um, to do her three day immersion. Shout out to Patricia Rogers. I think I ought to at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. Um, and one thing that she and I have kind of put our heads together on is um, just how much um, the stagnant energy in your body where pain or stress or tension builds up. There's something your body's trying to tell you. And sometimes this message is totally going to be in relationship to when you're not working on your book or even when you're not showing up authentically in your book. If you're being very fake in there, you're probably going to be feeling all kinds of crunchy and achy when you're trying to do it because it's not even if you're it's not even you and your body knows that and it's hard to show up as not you even when you're just at your computer it's really fascinating i love that yes um of course that's exactly what i teach and um i try to get other people's perspective who i've never said that to because i think most of us know and writing a book is so creative not only creative but it's like a, i i loved you know a conviction the conviction. And there's so much in our life that has that, not just writing a book. There's like a conversation you have to have, or if you want to be, you know, an incredible female leader and you're just feeling stuck or feeling like you can't get past part of the things you're getting past is how your body holds you back. And so I think that writing a book is one of the ways that people can release that tension that your cranial sacral therapist, I'd love to have her link down below you know, um, we can definitely uh, include her because that sounds amazing. You mentioned that you have a free challenge happening. Tell me all about that. Um, I really want to get my people involved in that. So when does that start? How do we jump in? My gosh, that's an amazing um, offer. So tell us all about that. Yes. So this is going to be the fifth time that I've run your <laughs> best-selling book blueprint the free three-day challenge. It is an absolute blast for me. This is um, an opportunity, particularly for people that want to write nonfiction books, um, to just jump in, get a feel for um, the book world, start imagining what your topic might be, getting it narrowed down, feeling more confident to do it, and making sure that you also have a profit plan in place because um, I don't want to be, uh, it's not my mission to create more starving artists and broke authors. What I want to do is help people because for nonfiction books in particular, most nonfiction authors do not make, you know, they do not pay their bills on book sales alone, as opposed to fiction writers, which plenty of them do. Most nonfiction book writers actually make more of their money on other things they sell to people who read their books. So I make that a big part of um, everything I do with people, whether I'm your ghostwriter or whether they're in my Crank Out Your Book in eight weeks program where I teach you how to write your own book and hold you accountable to do it very gently. I love this. One of my clients recently wrote to me a testimonial and she said, I couch you in accountability. I really, I think that's great. <laughs> so you're couched with accountability and <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, it's so that's, cute. That's what we do there. But the three day challenge. Another cool thing I want to say about it is it's very interactive. This is not one of those things where you just get a pre recorded video in your email every day that you feel free to ignore. 
No, I'm waiting for you on Zoom live. Um, we're going to all be together with our little postage stamp faces. I'll be live teaching, answering questions, and then that recording will be available for anyone that couldn't attend live. And then I have a challenge tracker spreadsheet where everybody inputs your challenge activities as you complete them and you get my feedback on your ideas for your book right there um i record feedback for everybody that's using the tracker so there's so many ways to um get access to my help and just see if we share the same vision for your book and um if anybody wants to jump in um i'm sure we'll have the link in the show notes here and also if you go to my website cindychildress.com um, the first thing you'll see is um, the banner where you can click through to sign up. I love your pictures, by the way, on your website. They're oh, they're so cute, just you. so I, they're just really playful and it just very warm. I really like all your pictures; they're really cute. I appreciate so, that. So this the five times doing this challenge that's amazing, and so people can learn. So I'm just going to reiterate because I'm very interested. So. Um, the three-day challenge, and then we learn how to work with you either to do the to the eight-week course where you help us do it, or we work with you as a ghostwriter and you help us, and then you write it for the person. Is that right? Essentially, yes. Um, and I okay. only work with one ghostwriting client at a time, so that is <laughs> right. That, um, but yes, that you know, the idea would be really either you. Um, come in to crank out your book. And a cool thing I'm doing this year for 2023 is there is a January cohort, but I'm also offering enrollment for a spring cohort and a late summer cohort. So there could be people who do want to write their book in 2023, but they have something else they're already going to be starting or focusing on for their business in January. And so really just because I'm a planner too, like if anybody asked me to do something in 2023 now, I'm probably going to have to say no if it's too big of a commitment because I already have my whole calendar planned out. So I expect other people do too. So this way you can put the eight week course on your calendar where it works better for you. This is the first time I've added this to um, the offer. So we'll see how the reception is, but I'm just, yeah, I'm excited. So now you're saying that when, uh, after they do the challenge, one of the offers will be uh, certain different times during the year next year. Wow. Yes. That's and good. I think I agree with you because it takes time and you, you know, yes. but I love that you're a planner. Not everybody is, but I think people want to be, you know, they're like, Ooh, I want to, I want to plan, but I, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Cindy? Oh no, that's okay. I was just going to say an Everybody that's in Crank Out Your Book in eight weeks next year is going to be invited to a one-day A-lister author mastermind here in Houston, and we're going to end the day with a reception at my house. So oh my I'm doing everything I can to try to bridge that, you know, um, virtually and in-person um, gap and just... Uh, I'm just trying to think like what else would people want and then I'm trying to give them that too. That's every time I run this there it's always um a little bit more um a little bit more bells and whistles. For me the in-person day is so amazing. I miss people. I miss uh I'm excited about meeting you pretty soon here. Yes. And that was one of the main like okay, we're going to meet in person. Okay, sign me up. Um, so I agree that to add that to your, to your program is a, 
for me, for people like me, I think is a, is a huge plus, not only just to meet you and to learn more in person, but to meet the other people that are like us and mm -hmm. to, I think there's so many ideas out there too about books and it, it inspires everybody. And, um, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge draw. So this is great. I'm, I'm really excited that we did this today. I'm wondering, do you have anything else that you would like to share about writing, how it infects your body, about your programs, about working with you or cats? <laughs> yes. Well, I guess I'm going to give everybody a little writing exercise because everything that we feel compelled to communicate may or may not be an entire book. So I would say when something feels a little off in your body, when you feel like you have some stuck energy somewhere, when something just feels a little stagnant, I think it's a great idea to just sit in front of your computer or some paper and a pen if that is your jam and just say, what are you trying to tell me? And then just keep asking that question and just write whatever comes to mind. This is not about finding your bestseller idea, although it could come out of that, but this is just trying to um, get that message out so your body feels listened to. We all like to be listened to and so do our bodies. And then from that though, often you can find some really interesting content ideas possibly for your book or certainly um, for maybe um, an interesting social media post or an email to go out um, that tells a story. No, I, I'm so glad that you said that because I try to say that and sometimes I feel like I'm not making sense, but it is our body as having worked with so many bodies, it's constantly talking to us and it has so many stories if we would only listen. <laughs> I completely agree. And I also want to shout out my massage therapist, Connie Val. Hello, Connie. <laughs> she is a, a Reiki healer and a um, neuromuscular massage therapist. And we always have the most interesting conversations when I'm on her table. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so great. I um, I agree. There's a lot of us out there that understand the body in a way that's um, um, underutilized in my opinion. And I wish mm -hmm. that, uh, that there could be more teams to help people heal in ways that aren't being really talked about in our Western, uh, ways, but, um, well, shout out to her too. Tell her I said, hello. <laughs> okay. All right, Cindy. Well, thanks for being with me today. I love this. I'm, I'm going to sign up for this. I actually already have for the, for the challenge and um and i can't wait to see you um later this week and um hey could we do this again sometime after some we we meet and do uh would you mind doing a different interview another time too i would completely love to you bet talking about writing is my thing all right awesome thanks so much for being with us today and um we will see you next time bye Thanks for joining us today with this fun interview with my friend, Cindy Childress. She has this free challenge that she's doing right now, and it starts on November 7th. So jump in there if you can. And if it's past November 7th, you can go to her website and see what she has recently right now, if this is months or even years later. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Your Body Advocate with Ruth Cummings. We're so glad you've joined us today and truly believe you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life. To connect with Ruth, work with Ruth, or to grab your free ebook, go to ruthcummings.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Until next time, friends, be open, include the unincluded, think outside the box, and spread love and kindness one smile at a time.